1: Welcome to Death Do Us Part Podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie. Hello. And myself, Mark. What up, y'all?
2: Hey. Hey. I feel like my microphone's in a fucked up spot. Mm, hey, put it in your mouth. Oh my God,
1: shut
2: up. <laughs>
1: How was your day, baby?
2: Um, I had to call take, which I'm very bad at. Mm. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not good at it. I texted Kate and Jackie and was like, guys, I suck at this. And they're like, oh, I'm sure you're doing great. No, I'm not.
1: I picture you being mean on the phone. No,
2: my customer service voice is a whole other fucking
1: person. I'd like to hear it.
2: But, like, I just answer just people who call. Yeah. You know, and, like, I put 911 calls and shit into the computer. But, like...
1: Hello, what is your emergency?
2: The, like, if I 911 dispatch, like, there's a girl in there now, love her. She's fucking great. Yeah. But it was her and Ron dispatching. Yeah. So, every two minutes, all you heard is, 911, where is the address of your emergency? And I was like, this is fucking great. <laughs> yeah, then,
1: that's how I picture you. You
2: hear Ron, ma'am, ma'am, I'm going to need you to stop yelling at me. <laughs> ma'am, okay, okay. So... <laughs> But yeah, Opie was dispatching. So Do you
1: give fun. him the vape voice? No. What is your emergency? No, but
2: Ron does. <laughs> does he? Yeah. So, but then I got stuck in there for an hour with Jack. No. For, I was in there with Craig and I was the like, boss. Yeah, I was like, all right, cool. Like, Craig and I can figure this shit out between the two of us. But then Jack said something, he's like, Do you know what you're doing? And I was like, not good enough to be in here with you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Because <coughs> little Jackie does all the work when he, yeah. he just dispatches the cars and little Jackie does all the computer stuff. Yeah. I, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. But he did um, describe us as a room full of hot mess.
1: Yeah, I could see is,
2: that. Which uh, definitely correct. accurate. Yeah. Um, but nobody got lost. Nobody died. Well, that's good. Including Jack or myself. So we didn't kill each other.
1: Good. Or anybody else. Anybody
2: else. Yeah. And then I was with Opie the rest of the day, so. Cool. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not good at it. Like, little Jackie, man.
1: Well, it's not your job, it's first not. of all.
2: Um, if little Jackie ever leaves, we might as well just shut the doors. <laughs> because she runs that fucking office. Like, oh, yeah. God. And I, I don't think people realize, like, how many people call 911 in a day. A lot. So, and yeah, a we lot. do 911 for... Four, four or five cities. Yeah, and there was only two of them in there today. So it's, it's it's a mess. It's a hot mess. Yeah, it's it's just bad.
1: <laughs> I believe it. So,
2: like I, I give them credit because you know my mom did it for thirty something years. Yeah, and she said people used to call when the tornado sirens were going off to see why the tornado <laughs> sirens were going off. And they went like, off
1: today, by the way.
2: It's, it's Tuesday.
1: Yeah, yeah. We went off ten a.m. Yeah
2: yeah, they test them,
1: yeah, I'm just saying, oh,
2: um, but, like they're going off because there's a tornado people. like yeah. what what? But some of the calls that we get through, I mean, you know, through yeah, our call. oh call God, for. yeah, my favorite, you know we get a list every morning, I think of repossessed cars.
1: Uh, yeah we did too. because
2: people call and they're like man my car got stolen my car and we're got like, stolen. Did so no pay? it didn't yeah <laughs> it's here
1: you forgot to pay
2: yeah so yeah i don't i don't um i i would do far more yelling <laughs> than these guys I, do. I believe it i really would and the one girl that that's in there she's newer to us she's not new she's newer to us um She just keeps her fucking cool. Like, I can't even imagine. Yeah. So I had to go get Mark sunglasses because he said it's weird looking at me.
1: Yeah, it is. (laughs) We had to press pause.
2: It is. Like, I still can't get used to sitting across from you. It's weird. Yeah,
1: I know. It's very weird looking into your eyes. I mean,
2: we've been staring at each other for like 12 fucking years, but.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It's still weird. Like
2: It is. I don't
1: know whatever talking to you and looking at you (laughs) such a happy marriage we (laughs) have here at home um
2: no it is it's just weird though yeah do you think it gives me anxiety yeah do you think it's because we started sitting like side by side i think so
1: yeah oh i don't know know. know. it's weird Uh, so oh well um, I'm good now. I got my shades,
2: which it doesn't do anything but make me look darker. I know. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I don't know how that helps you,
1: but it, it, like, I don't know. Now, like, you can't see where my eyes are,
2: which so. that's how all my sunglasses have to be. Yeah,
1: uh-uh. yeah.
2: Um. So, guys, we're gonna be on uh, Fox Thirty Two. Yes,
1: we are. You know
2: what? I just realized, though, I have no fucking idea what we're going to be on. What do you? What do you mean? Like. The news? Yeah, I don't know. A daytime show? I don't know. We were contacted by a producer.
1: You might want to ask her what the plan is. If it's like a segment or if it's on a a, show? It's a
2: segment, but I think it's like a segment on the news. So they're coming here. And by here, I mean to our home. Yeah. To film, which...
1: Or take pictures.
2: No, she said they're filming. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, they want to film where we record, Mm -hmm. Where I do my research, which I'm going to have to totally make something up because I do it on the fucking couch in my pajamas while Jax's ass is, you know, up against my leg. Um, But yeah, it's going to be like a feature thing.
1: So it's Fox 32 Chicago because Fox is different.
2: Oh, sorry. Elsewhere. Chicago. Yeah. So guys, I got um, the pink stuff and I'm so fucking excited to use this stuff. And I got scrub brushes that attach to the drill.
1: God, you change subjects. like
2: I, No, like that squirrel. Mm. No, like it goes into the we have people coming to film here. So oh, I need yeah. to deep clean the house and then the kids have to move out.
1: Like, shouldn't you be deep cleaning anyways? Uh, shouldn't you
2: suck a dick anyways? <laughs> Just saying. I'm talking like my wife. Well, I mean, sitting down, you can wash walls, right? Cool.
1: I'm a handicapped, babe.
2: Yes, but your hands are not painted on.
1: Well, I have one working arm, all right? So do I. Oh, God. Huh. Raise your arms up.
2: I can't raise this one all the way up.
1: Oh, bullshit. I can't.
2: This is as high as I can go. Oh. (sighs) Pull it. Pull it and break it again and see what fucking happens. I dare you. Oh,
1: God.
2: Okay. So, look, you're, like, level with the windowsills. You can clean them, fuckers.
1: Then I'll clean them. No, you will not. I know.
2: Yeah. (laughs) You're such a dick.
1: No, I will not. He's
2: bitching about being handicapped. I'm having brain surgery in March, guys. Yeah. You know what, though? They're putting a pig patch
1: in my head. You know, I'm kind of angry because, like, I need my knee done. And you... (laughs) Cut in front of me.
2: I feel like my brain trumps your knee because you're sitting in a fucking wheelchair.
1: Yeah, but it. Oh, that was loud. Sorry. See, I proved my point. Jeez, you're getting angry over there. But my knee cracks constantly. You cannot feel it. I know.
2: I run into walls. I feel that. That hurts. (laughs) You can't feel your knee. Mm. (laughs) I win.
1: Whatever, I I win. All right. Whatever, I win. So the pink stuff, huh?
2: Oh my god, I'm so excited. I've, I've always never heard of it. You haven't? No. Oh, I've heard of it, but I've never like, you know. Now, man, I'm gonna fucking clean everything. It's gonna be is it sick. like a soap? It's like a um no, it's um like a paste. It's like a paste cleaner. Mm, yeah, yeah.
1: That sounds clean.
2: Okay, don't judge it. <laughs> Let me You're put... on TikTok. Watch the clean TikTok videos. They use it a lot. The pink stuff. Yeah. All right, I will. Megan told me about it, and there's this whole like universe on TikTok of cleaning hacks.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, check it out. So. Because paste doesn't sound clean.
2: But it's the pink stuff. Okay. Maybe bubbles. I don't fucking know.
1: Paste and bubbles.
2: I maybe. I don't know. All right. You're so judgy.
1: Because it just, it doesn't sound clean.
2: Ugh. Whatever.
1: The pink stuff. That's
2: w- what it's What called. are you
1: cleaning with the pink stuff?
2: Well, okay, so butt paste is called butt paste, but it works. So just because it's f- called the pink stuff doesn't mean it doesn't work. What the
1: fuck is butt
2: paste? It's diaper rash cream.
1: Oh, yeah, that does work good. But it's
2: actually called butt paste. So, I mean, just get to the point.
1: Oh, true. You know? Yeah.
2: The kids are gonna hate me because I bet you they don't know what a baseboard is, but they're gonna find out real quick when they have to fucking clean them.
1: Good, they need it.
2: But like once I'm done cleaning, they have to move out until the 15th. Yeah. So
1: I agree. Just saying. Or forever. Takers. <laughs> 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 Takers. Yeah. So oh, I love them.
2: So Lynn told me that um, my aunt liz actually listened to one of our episodes Mm -hmm. which i am shocked because uh swearing is not her jam yeah but she listened and she liked it oh that's cool yeah i was like oh
1: hi aunt liz we
2: swear a lot
1: we swear Uh, a ton yeah oh well
2: yeah i mean if i didn't swear though you guys would be like are you okay like are you good
1: if we don't swear it's not us yeah
2: I mean, when people are taking bets about me swearing on live TV, yeah, you know, it just happens. So
1: yeah, you're gonna have to watch it again.
2: I did very well last time. I even I only said fuck once. I think in the episode I filmed or recorded with Leah, and even then I was like,
1: shit. Yeah,
2: I'm pretty sure I called her a dipshit though.
1: (laughs) No arguments there. No,
2: you know, it's funny though because she was just saying too. So right after we did that, her driver's ed class, they did a yeah. whole class on Isn't Ethan Krause. So don't drink and drive, Yeah. Yeah. Especially not tonight. We're supposed to get like sixteen feet oh. of snow. Ugh. Yeah.
1: It's gonna be bad. So everything is getting canceled. I already have the kids home tomorrow. We mm-hmm. learning. Yep. Mm.
2: But who knows, because South of 80 is supposed to get more. There's supposed to be, like, a five-inch difference between us and South of 80. I know. I know. So, I don't know. Kind of playing work by ear tomorrow. Yeah. A bunch of us just brought a bunch of shit home just in case. Yeah. It's Um, supposed
1: to start, I think, like, around midnight.
2: Yeah. I just, I got a bag of salt, too, so. That's cool. Um yeah, I'm not excited. I don't like snow. I fucking hate winter.
1: I don't mind snow, but when it's this much... No, I hate ...and everything it. is getting canceled, uh, no.
2: I feel like, um, we're a bunch of fucking Sally's now. <laughs> like, it literally had to snow nine feet for us to get a fucking snow day. Yeah. And now they're like, oh, it's cold. You guys stay home today.
1: Yeah. What the fu- What? We never, like, it was never pre... Like, okay. No, you had to
2: watch TV in the morning and it, wait for your fucking it, school name to yeah. come across the bottom.
1: Exactly right. It was never canceled like the day before, yeah. just, you know, anticipating.
2: Now the school districts, at least ours out here, they call both parents Yeah, and then they call both work numbers yeah. for the parents. Mm-hmm. Like, we get it. Don't drop your kid off tomorrow. I, right. I get it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for fucking nothing.
1: Yep. Appreciate it.
2: Because e-learning is, oh, so fun.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, oh, at least that's something. Whatever. Go play in the fucking
2: snow. Be a kid.
1: Yeah. I'm probably going to let Jax Oh, yeah.
2: We 100% yeah. are. Because I have to clean with the pink stuff, so he needs to get out. Yeah, true. Wow. Well, be a kid. True. I, on the other hand, no, will not be participating in any winter activities. No. <laughs> I'm going to sit my ass down like, and watch I Netflix. Hate it. Yep. hate it. Mm-hmm. But I was gonna tell you about watching. Some, I don't fucking remember
1: watching a show. Yeah, I just started that. Claws. What? It's called Claws.
2: Like claws, like claws. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. What's it about, Claws? Laundering money. Oh, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah.
1: They have a nail salon. Yes,
2: they look it's, like it's um, alright.
1: I'm like three episodes in already, and it's it, it's all right. It's not as good as I thought, though. No,
2: it's like Clueless meets Shannen from In Living Color. Yeah, is the best way to explain
1: it. So I bought the first season. I after I'm done, I, I don't know if I'm gonna buy. Yeah. Anything more? No. It, it, it's okay. I'm gonna have to find really something not. else. No, it's it's okay. Mm. I mean it. I'm watching it but yeah. like I I need to find a new show.
2: You know actually um Euphoria. You should watch that.
1: Leah keeps telling you yeah. to watch it. But
2: I'm I don't want to admit that Leah watches it cuz it's
1: It's got some nudity oh, in there. Oh babe, it's more than nudity. Yeah.
2: It's awful, but it's like it's very real. What like, is it about? Uh a bunch of teenagers. Mhm. And, like, how fucked up they are.
1: I don't know if that'll spike my no, interest. It, I
2: didn't... I was like, I'm not watching this fucking show turn it off. And then she turned it on, and I was like, oh, my
1: God. Is it on Netflix or Amazon? Or? Netflix,
2: I think. Mm. I could... I don't... I could be totally wrong. Maybe
1: know. I'll watch one episode and... <clears throat> I've never
2: seen... I'm only, like, coming goes. into season two. So... Mm. Yeah, I don't... <clears throat> it's pretty fucked up. But, um... I can't say her name, so whatever. Um, We have a couple new Patreons. Do we? We do. Okay. We have Tina, who's a sergeant.
1: Hello, Tina. Uh,
2: Florencia.
1: Florencia. All right.
2: Who is also a sergeant. And then Lydia, who is a lieutenant. All right. So, thanks, guys.
1: Thank you, guys. Thank you very
2: much. And I did answer some of my Patreon messages.
1: Good. I Holy do have, um,
2: I have a few more. <clears throat> yeah. So, I will be answering those um, tonight. I'm trying to get my life together and not be complete trash. Right. I'm still going to be a little bit of trash, but not yeah, complete. I mean, so, yeah, So, whatever.
1: A little trash.
2: So, yeah, I'm trying. Good Maybe, job. I'm at some point I'll get my shit together, right? Yeah. Like, maybe? Sure. Probably not. Yeah. Don't expect miracles.
1: Not but on it. No.
2: Mm-mm. I wouldn't. As he sucks down the Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. I'm not judging. I'm just pointing out. <clears throat> so. Yeah. So, Saturday, we mm-hmm. decided, it, I don't, it escalated over a carpet cleaner.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Erica coming over. Yeah. So, I was like, dude, we should drink when you come over. And she's like, fuck, yes. Like, let's make this happen. And then you jumped in and you're like, yes. And Mm -hmm. then mom jumped in and was like, we should play games. I told Laura and she's like, fucking A right game night. What time? (laughs) (laughs) This has escalated. We we better be playing Jenga. Just saying.
1: I'm going to struggle with it. Jenga? Oh, I'm
2: fucking terrible at it. But I do have a friends trivia game.
1: Yeah.
2: Um I've never played Cards Against Humanity. That's what I want to play. Uh Mom said you can find it the other day, but I don't know. Mm. Maybe somebody has it. If you guys have it, come over. Yeah. Come on. Right? Come on over. Um There was another one though, that uh, Nicole's got this game. Like it's like things to do. You have to you pull a card and you have to like Send a text message to your crush or whatever, do yeah. a shot. So, uh, I think we will die. So, I don't know if that's a game we should play. Yeah. But, so yeah. And it, it escalated. that's interesting. Yeah.
1: What is that called?
2: I don't know. I don't remember. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, doors open Saturday, guys. Right? So, I asked Coach, and he's like, Is there going to be Twister? <laughs> <laughs> Are you bringing it? <laughs> so,. Can you imagine? How the fuck would I do that? <laughs> you would get to flick the arrow. thing. That's all you would that's get to That's
1: all I would do. What the fuck?
2: Can you imagine us old
1: fucks trying to play Twister? Oh, my God. We'd break a hip. Oh, God. Uh, we'd break something. We got enough shit
2: broken. Yeah.
1: Oh we would God. definitely break something.
2: <clears throat> it, yeah. So we're, maybe, maybe Twister's not a good idea.
1: Yeah. I don't know if that's such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> no twister here. Hmm.
2: So, yeah.
1: So anyways, what do what do we got today?
2: Okay, so today is a request. For, did I say that right? Re- request.
1: Request.
2: One day I'll say it right. Request. Um, it's from Judy. Okay. Judy's like our podcast mom. Yes, she is. She is. Um. So this one was uh, close to her hometown, I think. Okay. Kind of not a well-known one, but pretty fucked up. Okay. Yeah, so. I'm game. Um, I have to figure out where the fuck to put my computer.
1: On the table?
2: Right, but it's on the table.
1: Can you do that again?
2: No. Can you leave me alone? <laughs> okay. Let me move my mic. Put it in your mouth. Stop saying that. <laughs> God. <laughs> By the way, when you sent me that stupid fucking Snapchat today, yeah, I was sitting next to Jack, and he's like, "The fuck is that?" And I was like, "It's Mark." Yeah, and I showed him, and he's like, "How do you even do that, <laughs> dude?" He the other day, so we have to get like stickers for the ambulances, you know? Yeah, like don't smoke, don't carry your gun, right. blah blah blah. So he gets all excited because he's like, "Just go on IDPH, like you can get the stickers off there." So he goes to what he thinks is IDPH's website.
1: Yeah.
2: He's like, yeah, you can just print them off of there. And we're like, J- Jack, you're on Google Images. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm on the website. No, you're on Google Im- Images. <laughs> I'm on the fucking website. So poor John was just like, okay, you're on, you're on the website. Right. He was not. He was on Google Images. <laughs> so this is the same man who got excited when he figured out how Uber worked. And he would, I shit you not, he would sit and watch the cars move. And <laughs> app, he's like, "Oh, Javier's down the street. Do some fucking work. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what are you doing. You're the boss.
1: You shouldn't be doing this."
2: <laughs> but the look on his face when I opened your Snapchat. <laughs> the fuck is that? It's your boyfriend. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. It's magic.
2: It was gross.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this flavor
2: is delicious, by the way. What is it? Uh, oh, it's called Delish. <laughs> Delish hmm. Strawberry Kiss. Hmm. Yeah. Bang? Bang. Oh, God. It's really good. Um. Sorry, that was loud. That was loud. I don't care. Um, okay, so we should probably start because yes. we're talking a lot. So this is uh, Timothy Ginochetti. Hmm. Ginochetti. Um, Paisan. Okay, <laughs> so... Just after midnight on August twenty fourth, two thousand and six, Manulus police were called to eight three two three Decoy Run. Uh, the dispatcher who answered the caller initially thought that the caller was a woman. Really couldn't understand what was being said because the caller was um, speaking way too fast. Eventually, the dispatcher was able to determine that the caller was a man, and he was saying that he had killed his mother and then he had tried to kill himself. Whoa. Uh, the police arrived, taking cover, and instructed the caller to come outside. They were 100% not expecting and or prepared for the frail, terrified young man that came out of his house is still holding the phone. He followed all of their instructions to drop the phone, hands up, back up, all while, all while repeating, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Mm. Uh, Esther, I, I fucking love that name. Esther Scromali, I believe I'm saying that right, Esther Scrimali's father was living a life of crime uh, mixing with the mafia. Eventually, he decided to give up his troubled life to embrace God, uh, specifically Italian Pentecostalism. Okay. Um, It was an ethnic branch of an evangelical Christian faith that got its start in early 20th century working-class America. There's your lesson for the day. Yeah. Um, they, the church that he attended had a guest speaker one day who completely enthralled him. Uh, it was a young man named Frank, uh, Ju- Gu- Giuliano. I think it's Giuliano.
0: Yeah.
2: I could be saying it wrong. I'm sorry if I am. Um, they called him brother Frank. Okay. Um, he made quite an impression on Esther's father. When the Scrimali family moved to, I didn't write on the back this time, so I don't have to flip.
1: Good job.
2: Which, by the way, guys, I need colored notebook paper for a notebook, or for a binder.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Hook, sure. up, hook it up. Like, show me the Amazon links, because I can't find shit. Mm. Um, so, when the Scrimali family moved to Sarah, Cru- Sarah, Cru- Sarah Cruz, right?
1: Yeah. Jesus
2: Christ. Mm. Brother Frank started visiting and staying with the family when Esther was nine. That is the loudest fucking plane ever. Are they crashing?
1: It sounds like it. Jesus Christ. I shouldn't
2: say that because we did have a plane crash into our house. We did. Yeah. Story for another day. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, So Brother Frank soon stated that God told him to move to Sarah Cruz and open a church. So he did just that and would end up running this church for decades to come.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, When it came time for Esther to marry, it was a given that Brother Frank would be performing the ceremony. Esther married Paul Rufio, a soft-spoken military vet who was seven years her senior, um, but he was a good provider, nice guy. Yeah. Uh, a year into their marriage, their first daughter, Pauline, was born. Over the next five years, they had two more children, Pamela and Steve. In the early 1970s, um, Paul's well-earning job... I can't fucking talk today. I'm sorry. I, it's, my, it's my brain. It's my broken brain. Um. Paul's well-earning job allowed the couple to afford a nice ranch home in the suburbs. As always, though, the purchase had to be approved by Brother Frank, uh, which it was after he considered the proximity to the church. Mm. This is where it goes downhill. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, When her parents and siblings made the decision to leave the church, she pitied them for having lost something special. Um, Esther got a job as a secretary at a local church and quickly realized that her, um, thoughts and opinions really didn't hold any weight in most aspects of her life. It's yeah. 70. She's a woman. Nobody gets right. a shit, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, well, this pissed her off. So she was pretty mad about it. Um, she wasn't happy, was open about it. And this kind of rebellious streak was very uncommon in the conformist culture of brother Frank's church. Uh, Paul was part of a volunteer group that met frequently, including every Saturday, to do the church's construction and maintenance. Maintenance, uh, Everything, including family vacations, nights out, everything in the Rufo family had to be planned around this. And Esther was like, "What? what the fuck? So, but... Nothing changed. Yeah. So she would challenge Paul's devotion and its intensity. Most of the time he brushed it off, but sometimes he would just calmly say to her, quote, you can't attack God's anointed. Mm-hmm. So Esther had constant doubt of brother Frank and struggled with his authority over her family.
1: Yeah.
2: Every, every fucking decision this guy made. Really? Like you had to go to him for ev- everything. Yeah. Um, after 30 years of marriage, Esther wanted to start therapy, and Paul was like, mm, no, because um, they didn't believe in therapy. Right. You didn't need therapy. <clears throat> right? Uh, so for the next 20 years, on and off, Esther went alone. Everyday decisions were run by Brother Frank to see if they fulfilled God's will. Oh, jeez. Oh, it's this is insane.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, the micromanagement of everyone's life and secretiveness of the church was just too much. Mm -hmm. Um, What troubled her the most was how his most devout followers, including Paul, thought he was closer to God than ordinary people. No one questioned his word or his interpretation of the Bible. No one pointed out, except Esther, that Brother Frank was a mortal equal, quote, just flesh. Uh, This mortified her family. Yeah, Mortified her family. And he brother frank during sermons would um like chastise you in front of everybody but not like directly yeah like he would give a whole sermon around what you did wrong but not directly like point you out yeah so um no one in the family believed in brother frank more than esther's middle daughter pamela The Christian Apostolic Church, which was the name of Brother Frank's church, Mm -hmm. was located in Fayetteville, its entrance off of Woodchuck Hill Road, which was a residential street. There's no marquee announcing service times, just a couple markings here and there that it's a house of prayer and worship. Drop-in visitors were, were rare, which was fine with the church because they really had no interest in recruitment, which is odd to me, too. Like I would think with that kind of church, like you want more people. Yeah. But they it was very much like an insider. Really? But yeah. Like they didn't want outsiders. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, every Wednesday night and Sunday morning, impeccably behaved and dressed parishioners filled the church to listen to Brother Frank's honed craft of delivering sermons. Mm. That was a big sentence. That was. Um, he asked okay a lot to make sure everybody was following. Because his sermons really lacked um, bullet point simplicity. He was all fucking over the place. Yeah, Um, It it tended to frustrate even the most devout uh, followers. Okay. So a woman who, for example, a woman who had married into the church, because that's really the only way you get in, stood up during a sermon to ask why her birth family, who were good religious people that did not attend this church, could not join her on a higher spiritual plane.
1: Yeah,
2: Brother Frank um, tied her questions into the entire sermon, but never really answered the actual question.
1: Yeah.
2: So at the end of the sermon, she went to Brother Frank to be anointed with oil, silently crying because she never got a fucking answer. Yeah. Like, can Mom come to church with me? Simple, right? Mm. One would think. I need that I Think so. Um, from the start. The Christian apostolic church went for uh, far past mainstream Pentecostal beginnings and all mainstream organized religions um, that warn against churchism.
1: Are there more churches like this?
2: Or is this just... They're fucking everywhere. Really? Yeah. So I'm going to explain the difference. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So there's kingdom ministries and church ministries. And then there's also evangelical ministries. Yeah. Um, Brother Frank defines evangelical, evangelical ministry as a representation of a, quote, complete break and separation from our religious past, a new order, not just modification. A kingdom ministry is said to be, quote, a level above regular church. It offers direct knowledge of God's will and a reserved place in the upper level kingdom of heaven for the most devout. Mm. Church ministries rely on human interpretations of Christ's teaching. Um, so obviously the Christian apostolic, apostolic church was a kingdom ministry. Okay. Because the, according to the kingdom ministry, you're, God is speaking to somebody. And that, that somebody is oh, speaking directly to you. Okay. Versus a church ministry where they're reading from the Bible and interpreting it, yeah. you know, okay. as a lay person. Right. So, Brother Frank doesn't ever specifically call himself out as the one uh, with direct knowledge of God's will. However, his constant mentions of hearing straight from God in dreams and visitations led some church members to believe he was a prophet. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Well, that, yes. Oh, exactly. Jesus. <laughs> uh, a servant of the Lord, the, wait. What? Oh, I don't know. So he used—I know—he used the the pen name Theophilus. Now he did end up writing a couple books. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I'm a little curious. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I kind of want to see one. But he used the pen name Theophilus, which means uh, lover or friend of God, and it could also mean physical manifestation of God.
1: Oh, boy, here we
2: go. Yes, uh, brother Frank would drop unmistakable hints about his place in the holy hierarchy.
1: Does he speak in tongues? No, but he should.
2: Salamala, halamala. Oh, God. Do you you
1: remember the one video we found? Yeah, it was amazing. I want to go to a church where they fucking talk (laughs) like that. Dude, that's the best.
2: There's a guy at work who is an evangelical minister. What? Yes, and... I flat out asked him, I was like, tell me you dance in the fucking aisles. And he's like, oh, I'm dancing in the aisles. I was like, when and where? <laughs> yes. We are coming. I was like, you're going to slap Mark on the head and you're going to make him walk yep. again. And he's like, you're stupid. And I was like, you're going to do it, aren't you? And he's like, yep. <laughs> so we're going. Oh yeah, we <laughs> So are. we're going to have to make a day and go. Because oh, like, yes. I could just imagine him giving a sermon it's got to be fucking amazing yeah he cracks me he found out how ghetto i was the other day
0: yeah
2: <laughs> i said something and he just looked at me and i was like what sorry <laughs> so yeah we'll go see him oh, for church yeah. um brother frank doesn't say how many other christians reach kingdom status other than the members of his church mm-hmm. which is kind of a jehovah witness thing too because Jehovah's believe that only, like, 150,000 people are going to make it to... Really? Like, through, yeah, through the end of the world.
1: Oh, really?
2: Yeah. And <clears throat> they don't celebrate, you know, Jehovah's don't celebrate holidays. Yeah, no. And neither does Brother Frank's church, really. You but, know, when
1: I was in the hospital, like, that was all there was to read was Jehovah's Jehovah stuff? Yeah. Really? So I, I read a whole book. <laughs>
2: What, just recently? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah I've, I, yeah, it's, it, I'll, I'll have to show you, but the it's. The prayers
1: weren't bad. They're not bad the, at all. Yeah. It's it, just,
2: it's, some of it's a little extreme. Like yeah. only 150,000 people can make it into yeah, the some afterlife. Yeah. The
1: stories were a little much. Little much. Yeah. But the prayers, I mean, yeah. that's all I could do there was just pray to get
2: out. <laughs> there you go. So, um, Brother Frank's uh, catechism was the spirit aligns with God's will while our soul reflects our individual selfish desires. Mm. Yeah. I was like, well, that's interesting. Uh, By seeking a death to self and denouncing the pseudo gospel of self realization, that's Mm -hmm. how you apparently become one with God. Mm, You Um, lost me. Denouncing and fulfillment. (laughs) Brother Frank teaches his believers to reject independent thoughts, reasoning, and emotions as soulless um threats traits excuse me soulless traits so he basically says that a death to yourself and denouncing the pseudo gospel so like you you no longer think for yourself God Nothing. thinks for you okay everything and anything that you do has to be within god's Will. And in order for that to happen, you have to kill your own self thoughts and Mm. your own emotions, and you have to let God take over. Uh, No. Yeah.
1: I think that's why God gave us life. Right. To think for ourselves.
2: Yeah. Well, not according to Brother Frank. Mm. Um, Believers must surrender all of their rights to themselves, um, figuring out God's will and resisting Satan's countervailing pull. This becomes the central preoccupation. Hmm. Uh, selflessness becomes self-loathing and humility becomes humiliation.
1: Yeah. Turn the page. Turning the page. Uh,
2: people are insignificant and unworthy of God's benefits, never measuring up. I feel like that's not what he wants us to think. Right. But yeah. I guess when you feel that you're the manifestation of God... That's why you think that, because you want people to think, really? you know. So, uh, there's no good in man, is what he would say mm. all the time. Um, goodness can only be derived from faith in Christ. Ah. Brother Frank preaches that the outside world poses a huge threat, and outsiders um, see the church as fanatical, but believers should ignore this. Mm. It's fanatical. Yeah, it uh, is. But layered under all that bullshit was social guidelines, unspoken but enforced by peer and group pressure Hmm. what to wear how to celebrate holidays like you couldn't have christmas trees no dancing no halloween no No, easter bunny yeah Yeah. like footloose okay yeah um appropriate entertainment um they, they really didn't have any like even christian rock to them was from the devil what so i don't know what the fuck they did all
1: day yeah what do
2: you do then? i don't i don't know you start doing gymnastics in a barn i don't <laughs> i don't fucking know like what else do you do right. you know
1: <laughs> yeah this sounds fun
2: yeah it sounds great doesn't Good it times um so um i was gonna say something never mind because it's rude um, Brother Frank uh, decided... Everything you
1: say is rude, <laughs> so what does it matter? Um
2: Brother Frank decided what was proper and acceptable of any and every topic. Yeah. Uh, snitching to Brother Frank was the norm. If you saw your neighbor doing something that was against God's will, you went to Brother Frank. Oh. And he would decide the outcome and how it would be handled.
1: Snitches get stitches. Snitches
2: get stitches. And most times it was a formal apology. Mm. Yeah. I don't need your fucking letter. No. <laughs> you know? I don't like this guy. Um. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Brother Frank's biggest thing, which is somewhat consistent with mainstream conservative Christianity, very conservative mm-hmm. Christ- Christianity, is um, that you cannot be gay. Oh, So obviously you see where we're going with this. Yeah, Um, You cannot partake in that lifestyle. And if you do, you must repent and get spiritual counseling to be cured. Yeah, fuck off. Right. Um, Brother Frank wasn't always clear about what was acceptable, but was very clear about what was unacceptable and gave, quote, pointed messages from the pulpit, like I was saying. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, For example, a couple was denounced after a man told the kids in the Sunday school class that he was teaching that eventually they would grow older and start to think for themselves. Mm. Uh, They got booted. Wow. (laughs) They got got kicked out, essentially. They were shunned, and they received a certified letter (sighs) from Brother Frank using words such as sever and terminate. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would wipe my
2: ass with that. Yeah, which by the way, <clears> I <throat> forgot how to spell sever. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> which is really bothering me.
0: Nah.
2: Um, he also denounced a couple during their actual fucking wedding. <laughs> yeah, uh, he criticized the bridesmaids' dresses, the size of the wedding party, the transportation,
1: what?
2: Yeah, to the wedding, and saying none of it served God's will.
1: Dude,
2: so the bride, yeah, trying to smooth everything over so her parents didn't get shit. Yeah, um, she was essentially forced to stand before the congregation and the minister and publicly apologize. Wow. Yeah.
1: Fuck you. Yeah. Cool.
2: Um, while true strength lies in loyalty, the church's following allowed the church to be quite wealthy. Hmm. hmm. It's funny how that always yeah. works out. Huh? With only two hundred members, oh yeah. So um, they had a lot of property and two compounds, yeah. Three homes around the church for the minister, the assistant minister, and the caretaker, and a ten acre, ten acre lakefront uh, property called Jeez. Bethany's Retreat, that had a hall, another caretaker home, and two apartment buildings for the elderly members and those in need of housing.
1: Where's this at?
2: New York. Is it still there? Um, I think so. Wow. The last article I read was from, like, 2019, and dude was 80. Oh, and they, really? And they had no, like, plans of... Um, like, who's going to take it yes, over? Yes, yes. I can't think of the word they used. I don't know. But, yeah, they had no, like, no plans. And it says that there's a house for an assistant minister, but there's not an assistant minister. Yeah. Like, there's just not. Hmm. So... Um some of the members marry in, but most um usually just marry within. Yeah. And if you do marry into Brother Frank's church, you have to come from one of his sister churches. There was a handful of them.
1: Okay. What? Uh, <laughs> what?
2: uh it's um a page from work. It's probably Ron because he was being a smart ass all day. Just that uh, there's a snow advisory.
1: <laughs> Thanks. We know. Thank you. We're aware of it.
2: Appreciate it.
1: It's the only thing out of the fucking news. <laughs> Every
2: time someone walks around, he's like, it's going to snow tonight. You need to be careful. So, um, so, like I said, most marry within because really it's just too much of a hassle to convert somebody. Ah. And once you're in, you are in. Mm. Unless you get kicked out.
1: Which, right.
2: you know, you get a certified letter. <laughs> oh, uh, that's awesome. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I'm going to start to people. You should. I am, I am angry with you. <laughs> Certify it. Here's a certified letter. Uh, Brother Frank teaches <clears throat> that leaving the kingdom ministry is the equivalent to re-crucifying Christ. Oh, boy. That's a bit much. Yeah. It's a bit um, extreme
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, the penalty for knowing the truth and forsaking it is complete banishment from the presence of the Lord oh boy. I'm pretty sure that's not how this works Yeah. Uh, people who leave voluntarily or involuntarily are completely shunned wow now the way brother Frank preaches is considered quote abuse uh, abusive spirituality like it's a fucking thing yeah um, an oppressive leader seeks to dominate its followers uh, abusive churches are characterized by strong and controlled leadership, uh, and they lead by guilt, fear, and intimidation. They use those to manipulate members and keep them in line.
1: Mm.
2: Uh, even though members feel like they are handpicked by God, the teachings were used as a tool for shaming members. Yeah, To leave the ministry is to leave God and his protection. Okay. So the church held a yearly retreat. They had a couple of retreats, but this one was like a big thing. Um, The purpose of this retreat was for Brother Frank to observe the children and teenagers as they grew to be able to handpick suitable partners. Wow. That's weird. Yeah, that's really weird. Um, Pamela Ruffo met her future husband, John Ginochetti, at one of these retreats. He was from a sister church Mm -hmm. from Philadelphia. Um, Pam was anxious and needy, uh, but was happy to finally find a proper suitor. Um, her mom would later say that she was kind of an asshole as yeah. a teenager, and she was, like, very needy and very, like, meh. And they just kind of appeased her to shut her up. Mm. So um, after a short courtship, John asked uh, her father, Paul, for her hand in marriage. Paul was happy to oblige as long as brother Frank approved. Mm. Uh, Paul then went to Brother Frank, who told John to keep the ring where it was. So he didn't say no, just not yet. Right. Um, the couple then met with Brother Frank and pretty much begged for permission, promising to live by the church's and the minister's ways and wishes. Brother Frank relented, and the couple was married one month after Pam graduated college. I have no idea what she went to college for.
1: No, uh, didn't say?
2: No. Mm. And then, I mean, she was a a housewife after that, which there's absolutely no fucking shame in that whatsoever. Right. Um, But I don't know what she she went to college for. Mm. Um, The minister then sent the couple to live with John's family in Hillside, Pennsylvania. Uh, Within six months, she was pregnant with their only child. Mm. Timothy was born on August 21st, 1985. Uh, Pam was apparently an emotional fucking wreck, (laughs) just in general.
1: Okay. Always.
2: Um, her family, like I said, would just really appease her mood swings to Mm. shut her up, which is what John ended up doing too. Um, I, yeah. Um, Pam felt instant friction with her in-laws saying that she felt unwelcome and their church had a quote, hick feel to it.
1: (laughs) Alrighty then.
2: So your husband's a hick? (laughs) Right. Like, did you tell him that? (laughs) That's awesome. So... She repeatedly asked to move back to Sarah Cruz, and Brother Frank repeatedly told her no. Um, After so many attempts, Brother Frank finally relented and allowed them to move uh, into one of the apartments on Bethany Retreat in 1989. This was five years into their marriage. Yeah, Um, This didn't ease any of Pam's insecurities. It just kind of moved them from one thing to another. Um, Now she was always up in arms about John's job as a uh, firefighter paramedic and living on the retreat, which she considered to be on public display. Mm -hmm. Uh, It only became worse when Brother Frank said God told him that John needed to be the caretaker of the retreat property. They were allowed to live in the caretaker home for free, but it cost John all of his free time. Pam hated John's, John's firefighter job and essentially made him quit. Uh her dad got him a job as a fire safety inspector at a nuclear power plant and he was miserable. Oh, wow. He missed the firehouse, he missed his yeah. guys, you know. I get it. But he went along with it to appease her. Um but a year into the job he was actually laid off. Oh really? So he very happily went back to the firehouse.
1: Yeah.
2: Um he shielded Pam from what really happened um with his job as a firefighter paramedic because she would there's no way she would fucking handle it. Right. Um Every time he left for a shift, Pam would beg him to come home safely, and he would just tell her what she wanted to hear. Yeah. Uh, he would tell Pam or Timothy that he was an expert in pamology. <laughs> yes, uh, he was referring to taking care of a needy, sickly wife. Yeah, Pam suffered and complained endlessly. Um, she had everything from stomach troubles to back pain to headaches. No actual diagnoses that I could find.
1: Diagnoses.
2: Diagnoses. So she just um, complained.
1: Yeah. What do you What do you call people like that? Fucking um, whiners. Well, yeah, but hypochondriacs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm. I kind of am. You I are. Feel, feel my dad bad. was. Yeah.
2: My dad. If you ask him, he had about eighty-seven <clears throat> fucking heart attacks. Yeah. So.
1: That's kind of where it, I'm at. Yeah.
2: No. And it's funny because it hundred percent reminds me of my fucking dad. Hundred percent.
1: You married your dad. I a I,
2: hundred fucking percent.
1: Everything I do, you always say, "Oh yeah. my god, that's my dad." And like
2: the the older we get, like the more you're turning into him.
1: I feel like we would we would have been like best friends. Yeah,
2: yeah, but yeah, the older you, you're turning into him, the older we get. Yeah, like you yawn like him, which is I, I don't know, it's, mm. it's weird, but
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like we would have been best friends. You would
2: have. He's a little leprechaun of a man.
1: But I just... I feel like we would have gone fishing. He would have taught you how to fish. Yeah. And yeah. we would have had a, a good time just, yeah. like, shooting the shit mm-hmm. and smoking cigars. He
2: eat, like, you could have gone shooting with him all the time. He yeah. would have loved that. You could get a perm. He got a perm. I'm, I'm, I'm due for he a perm. He got a perm a lot. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then... So, he had, like... I I can't remember a mullet. No, he never. Oh, that would be glorious. <laughs> um, no, but he had like he had gray hair. You know, yeah. he was, you know, but after um chemo, you know, yeah, when all of his hair it. fell out and it started to grow in, it grew, it was growing in black. Oh, really? Yeah, totally different color. Wow. So that's crazy. It's weird. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Pam was a hypochondriac. Yeah. Like my father. Um, John just chalked it up to nerves, uh, but it really just added to his hectic schedule because he already did all the household chores and errands. Mm. See, so quit bitching. <laughs> you're not cleaning fucking windowsills every day no, and then I'm going not. to work and coming home and listening to me bitch about my headache. I know. I mean, you got to listen to me bitch about my headache. Yes, but I do. Every I'm the one cleaning windowsills. I'm sorry that my brain is swelling. Here we go again. God, you're such a dick. Um... The one thing Pam did, though, was she disciplined Tim. She needed to play the part of the perfect caretaker family.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, she corrected his every move, especially his high-pitched voice that he got from his father. Ooh. Now John had outgrown his uh, his high-pitched voice, not entirely.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but before Tim even had a chance to, Pam started critiquing his voice in middle school, and it. Um, just really gained momentum throughout his adolescence. His voice was phlegmy and scratchy and very hard to hear in addition to Tim being shy and awkward. Like, mm. let me hug you. Yeah, You know? Um, Pam would snap at him constantly for not sounding right. What a bitch. She pushed John to join in her fight against him, um, but he really just, he struggled to be the buffer between yeah. the two of them, you know? Right. Um. John talked to his buddy at the firehouse, Bill. Uh right, right his name. His buddy Bill. Bill Nickel. There it is. Bill um, Nickel. And Bill was told him, like, yeah, don't worry. Like, Tim will he'll grow out of it. Yeah. You know? He's a kid. He's going through fucking puberty. Right. Um mm-hmm. when Tim was in ninth grade, his parents hired a drama teacher to help Tim project his voice. Wow. It didn't work. Uh, Bethany Retreat was beautiful, but made for a lonely childhood Mm -hmm. for this poor kid. Um, Tim wasn't one for playdates and sat alone to eat at school, but that was really by his choice. Mm. Um, He was very rarely teased at school, Um, and when he was, it was super mild. Mm -hmm. He got it at home. Um, His prim and proper attitude and mannerisms marked him as a true product of his church. Yeah. He spent a lot of time watching TV. He mourned the series finale of Touched by an Angel.
1: Oh, my God. I used to watch f- that with my mom. I
2: figured you were going to fucking say that.
1: My mom was obsessed.
2: Um, he said it was the last wholesome show on TV. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Mm-hmm. My mom would fucking make me watch that show.
2: It had the that Irish chick, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: that was the angel.
2: Wasn't the black lady the angel, too? Uh,
1: she might. Mu- yeah, she might have been. Yeah, I think so. But oh my god. Yeah. My mom was obsessed. Shocking. <laughs> right? Shocking. I'm not joking. She would make me watch it.
2: I I uh, like, believe Oh my god,
1: this has <laughs> such a good meaning. Get down here right oh now. Oh my god. Yep.
2: Quit touching girls' butts in eighth grade and <laughs> come watch Touch by an Angel. Mm-hmm. Yep mark still remembers the name of the girl whose buddy touched by the way i uh, know um so what <clears> he lacked in so or what he had for social awkwardness basically he made up with academic strength especially math which yeah dude get it because i can't fucking math. i can't math. lynn the other day cracked me up when i was like you math better than me she's like not anymore uh she was an accountant for 30 plus right. years <laughs> she's like i don't do that shit anymore whatever um, so he was little. Um, mm. puberty never really made him a big kid. He was five, six and about a hundred pounds. Mm. So his dad was a small man, but he um, had like a stocky athletic build. Yeah. and Tim just never really got that. Yeah. Um, he had a very close relationship with his dad, very close, and knew he would always get an understanding response from him, regardless of the issue. Um, John built him a tree house. That Tim absolutely loved, and he turned it into a fort. Spent all of his time in there, which oh, is awesome. Cool. I want a fucking tree house. Yeah, I do um, too. <clears throat> Jim and his friend, uh, Bill, decided one day that it would be a good idea to create a binder um, of how to get his affairs in order should he have a line of duty death.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The men made a pact to take care of each other's families. Now, Coming from a paramedic, looking at a cop, this is very normal. Mm -hmm. It's very normal. It is. Um, You have to make decisions about who you want to notify the family, should you die in the light of duty. Mm -hmm. It's just—it's a very normal thing to do. So it's not morbid. They weren't, you know. You know,
1: our department even had a policy. They had a death packet. We had to fill out a form Mm -hmm. that, you know, if we were hurt or if we were killed, who would call our family. Right.
2: So this is this is not morbid. Right. This is very common in this field. Right. Um so he sat down his 39-year-old wife and his 16-year-old son and went over the binder with him. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what you do, blah blah blah. Well, Pam, being the, you know, mess that she was, freaked out and said to him, "Quote, promise me if there's a building on fire, you won't go in."
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I can't promise that. I'm
2: I'm a fireman.
1: Yeah. So. That's my job.
2: Uh, He was like, sure, babe. Right. Got it. Won't do it. Sure. Uh, Later that week, Bill came banging on the Gino Chetty's door, begging Pam to let him in. Mm. With Bill was the fire chief and the chaplain, Jim Quarrel.
0: Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin-Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.
2: Bill explained to Pam and Tim that more than two hours prior, John and another fireman, Timothy Lynch, had fallen through the floor at a house fire and still had not been found. Ugh. I have goosebumps right now. Um, Tim said nothing. Pam repeatedly called Bill a liar. Uh, Chaplain Coral stayed with Pam and Tim to pray while waiting for the family and brother Frank. And Bill went back to the fire scene to look for John. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So that's what you do. Um, He found Timothy Lynch first. Um, Hang on, I totally skipped a page. He found John second. Um, He sat there on the floor um, and held John in his arms and noticed immediately that the mop of hair that John normally had that Bill would make fun of him for was completely gone. Oh, jeez. This was only six months post 9-11 and the little town was just devastated. Yeah. Um, Traditional firefighter line of duty death funerals were planned for both men. Brother Brother Frank flat out refused the firefighter funeral. Oh, fuck Um, off. Esther tried. She tried to fight for the firemen. Like yeah. this is their brotherhood, this is what they do. And I mean, I'm sure everybody listening has seen and or heard of a police or fire line of duty death yeah. funeral. It's a big to-do. Like Timothy Lynch's funeral, the the other fireman, was held at the high school because yeah. that's just it's what you do.
0: Yeah.
2: Um there there was no there was no compromise. The only thing that happened was Brother Frank allowed about a dozen of John's firemen um friends yeah. to attend to attend the private service at their church. That's it. What a
1: fucking dick.
2: Yeah. Um between federal, state, and union funds and money raised by the town, Pam received about a half a million dollars. Whoa. Um and an additional two hundred thousand dollars was put in a trust for Tim. Wow. Um she was also receiving monthly death benefits. Hmm. Grant money flowed into the fire department. Um and and the church, excuse me, at the family's request. Uh, while the firemen were grateful, they started becoming less numb and more pissed. They, and this is probably a whole different side note, but um, they started questioning why the men were sent into a fully involved house fire when the residents were out. Yeah. So they're like, why the fuck were they sent in there when there was nobody to get? Right. So just a side note.
1: Yeah.
2: Um immedi- a good question. Yeah. Immediately following John's death, Pam wanted nothing to do with the fire department or anything fire department related, yeah. including the town offered therapy. So like the fire department offered therapy, um, the firemen wanted to help. I mean that's what they do. It's I've seen it. I've been through it. You know it's yeah. brotherhood, and she flat out refused. Wow. Um, Tim would frequently lay his dad's belongings across his bed and just stare at them to mourn silently. Yeah. Because his mom wouldn't mourn with him. So um, Pam said that she received a visit from John. He held and rubbed her hand and she asked him why he had to die. And he said, quote, when Jesus comes to you, when Jesus calls you to be a soldier for Christ, you must go. John then told her she needed to move on. Uh, Brother Frank agreed, saying she can't get stuck in her memories. I wish you could see my fucking face right now. Yeah. Yeah. This dude's a cock. So, um, Tim kept journals. He kept a lot of journals. Yeah. There was more than 500 pages packed into a four-volume journal titled Life at Bethany Retreat. Um, they chronicled his life from the age of 15 to the eve of his 21st birthday, starting 11 months before John's death. Uh, it would later prove to be a real-time timeline of everything that happened um these journals really saved him essentially Mm -hmm. for lack of better terms um he kept these journals against pam's will he wrote in the tiniest writing possible so if pam did find them she wouldn't be able to read them Mm. um he would do his writing at night or on the very rare occasion that pam left him alone Pam also used to keep journals but shredded hers fearing uh, discovering that the the, the discovery of her journals would reveal her private thoughts that were against God's will. Uh, She urged Tim to do the same. He obviously did not. Uh, The journals gave detailed descriptions of how Pam actually treated Tim and not what people saw. Um, he wrote in there, quote, she'll only be happy with me when I come out with a deeper and louder voice. Mm. Um, It talked of how the teenager would have to read scripture aloud and Brother Frank would yell at him to speak up and his mother would then chastise him after, saying that he's not a man and she embarrassed him. Um, A lot of the entries started with um, another day ended badly. Mm-hmm. So, this poor kid. His journal entries also included descriptions of his decorated room with fully crafted decorations for every holiday, no matter how big or small. And yeah. to that I say, same. Yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. Um, he also spoke of turning his room and his fort into a stage of a packed theater where he acted out his favorite scenes from movies, one of which was recreating the grand staircase from the Titanic. Uh, every single entry included detailed descriptions of the weather and how it affected Bethany retreats, trees, and wildlife. At the end of each year or notebook, he would write about looking forward to the future with hope, but also concern, I'm like half looking at my microphone, half paper, um, concern about the journals being found, saying he hoped nothing that he wrote in these were against God's will and promised to revise what was. Mm. Tim wrote a lot about the church and the culture. Um, The culture revolved around judgy behavior with constant gossipy and paranoid people in a constant state of uneasiness. It sounds lovely. Yeah. Uh, Sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, Awesome sauce. Yeah. So, Tim no longer had his protector and his buffer, Um, and Pam, along with Brother Frank, waged a constant battle against Tim because of his voice. Jesus. His voice. Yeah. Uh, Pam would constantly tell him to, quote, act like a man, and if he doesn't fix his voice, his future will be ruined. After John died, Pam took Tim to a throat specialist and even had his testosterone levels checked. Wow. Um, There were several journal entries of Tim contemplating suicide over the issues with his voice. Poor kid. His voice. Mm. On Tim's 17th birthday, it was his first without his father.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, The family gathered at a restaurant to celebrate. Tim has always struggled to be heard and has always this embarrassed Pam. Um, Pam said if he didn't do something about it, he would forfeit, quote, everything in life because of my voice. He ended his um he ended his night, so the night of his seventeenth birthday in his bedroom, holding a knife, fantasizing about writing a suicide note and slitting his wrists. Jesus. His journal entry the next morning said, quote, Well, I didn't commit suicide because my voice got better and mom was nicer today. Mm. Within weeks of John's death, Pam started purging um, as if she was just trying to erase John altogether. Um, this included unread sympathy cards from the funeral. They weren't even opened. Um, in what Tim considered a nightmarish move, Pam replaced the wedding photo by her bedside with a photo of the burning house that John died in. Oh my God.
1: What she the said, fuck?
2: Pam said an angel was in the flames. Rising from the spot where John had died what, yeah, so hmm, so this kid never got to mourn. No. his dad was the only one who protected him right. and looked out for him, and he didn't get to talk to anybody about it. No, he didn't get nothing. to mourn with his mother, like he' had, you're right, he had nothing, yeah. he had nothing, so um. Tim absolutely hated change and was having a significantly difficult time dealing with John's death, uh, but Pam's reaction to it was making everything worse. Yeah. Um, Three months after John's death, Brother Frank said God told him it was time to appoint another caretaker. John's younger brother, David, would move from Philadelphia to become the new caretaker and move into the caretaker home. Brother Frank gave Pam and Tim one month to pack up and move into adjoining apartments. Um, Pam took this as a confirmation of John's push to move on. Not as a get the fuck out because somebody has to trim the bushes. Right. Because that's what it was. Yeah. Um, Tim was devastated. Yeah. He wrote in his journal that he didn't want to live anymore and he would seek revenge. Yeah. Tim wanted time to turn back to his childhood where nothing changed and no one yelled at him for his voice, which makes me want to cry. To make matters worse, Tim's uncle David decided that the fort needed to go. Yeah. And he was just going to tear the fucking thing down. Dude. Come on. I get it. I get the kid's fucking 17, but come on. He's got nothing. He's got absolutely Nothing. nothing. So another uncle was like, okay, well, let's just move it. So they did. They picked it up and moved it to an empty lot a few miles away.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Tim spent hours and hours rebuilding the roof and fixing up the structure. He dreamed of the days he'd be able to have it at his own home. Um, Pam was an emotional train wreck still. Uh, when she was told to calm down or back off of Tim, she'd run to Brother Frank, who would dictate the outcome and ultimately demand a formal apology be made to Pam.
1: Certified mail. Certified mail. Oh my God! What the fuck.
2: <laughs> she was extremely insecure. No. You think? No. Uh, and terrified to take over the daily tasks John used to do, uh, everything from balancing the checkbook to grocery shopping. Mm. Bitch, what did you do?
1: Yeah. What did Apparently you do? Apparently nothing.
2: What, what did you do? <laughs> now, I generally don't do my own grocery shopping. I have a Target best friend who does it for me. Yeah. <laughs> but still. Still. I have to order it. Yeah. <laughs> still, and pick it up off the porch. Right. <laughs> I do. I have my own special Target girl. You she, do. You
1: yeah. make besties with I her.
2: order from Target so fucking much. I was like, uh... I think you order, like, you've shopped for me a lot. And she's like, yeah, I look for your name now. <laughs> now you guys text. <sighs> now we text. Yeah. And she doesn't have to text me for substitutes, because really, I order the same fucking shit every time. Oh, you do. It's great. She's yeah, a Target girl. It works out. Yeah. Um. So, God forbid, Pam had to do the fucking grocery shopping. Right. Like, oh my God, I have to buy bread.
0: <laughs> How do I do
2: that? Um, She relied heavily on Tim and essentially wanted him to take John's place. Um, Tim took a job at a local drugstore, which was, you know, a little out of his comfort zone, but did it anyways. Yeah. Pam completely lost her ever loving fucking mind. Um, Of course. She would repeatedly call um, and even came and banged on the door during an after hours work meeting because she couldn't reach Tim. That's my son. (laughs) he called me three times on the way home today where where are you at i was like i'm coming home is it bad i'm like no is there a lot of traffic hang up my phone (laughs) phone. hey he's
1: worried about you
2: no he was not he wanted to tell me that Fortnite was still down (laughs) so he wasn't um so at first, uh, Pam and Tim actually took part in formal therapy that was offered through the fire department, but eventually backed away um, and said all they needed was Brother Frank. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brother Frank didn't necessarily forbid therapy, but he definitely did not support it. Mm-hmm. So he was one of those like, well, you can go ahead and do it.
1: If you want. But. Yeah.
2: So. You're sinning. Like a chick, you know. Sinner. Yeah. Go ahead and go out. I don't care. You know? Like the Sadder. the fucking death words. Yeah. Um he preached the ultimate sign of faith was to embrace pain. What? <laughs> I was waiting to tell you that. <laughs> so,
1: what is wrong with this guy? Um
2: after formal therapy, or excuse me, without I wrote the wrong thing. Without formal therapy, Tim definitely um now knew knew that there was really nobody he could go to. Yeah. Which means there was nobody that he could tell that he uh, had been attracted to boys since he could remember. Uh, So Pam was already humiliating him over evidence of his uh, frequent wet dreams and the fact that he would shave his arms. Puberty. Yeah. This has nothing to do with him liking boys. Right. Who gives a fuck that he likes boys? He's going through puberty. Right. Can can the kid, like, can he go through puberty? Apparently not. Um, she pushed him to find a girlfriend at church, um, and she constantly told him that his shyness looked, quote, gay. Okay. What, do you, ma'am, do you know what this means? <laughs> um, he wrote in his journal of all the difficult days with Pam. She would make him repeatedly say, quote, it's a beautiful day in a deeper voice. Tim was terrified that every time she criticized his voice, she knew his secret. He couldn't imagine talking back to her to tell her to stop. Um, at this point, though, Tim had enrolled in Sarah Cruz University, majoring in civil engineering. So the kid Ooh. was fucking smart, yeah. you know. Um, he commuted to the college every day for the first two years, but Pam eventually moved to a townhome closer to the school.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, she said she was tired of the lack of privacy living on Bethany's retreat. Tim obviously moved with her because really neither one of them wanted to live alone. Right. That's they were used to being each other's, you yeah. know, um, Tim attempted to be social and joined a school group, but quickly quit after learning that there would be a Frisbee and ice cream party, which sounds glorious to me. But, yeah, it does. Uh, Pam and brother Frank agreed with his decision, saying that it was most likely going to involve activities that were against God's will.
1: Oh, yeah. Playing Frisbee. Oh, it's
2: awful. It's terrible. Sinner. His professors, one in particular, um, who actually became friends with Pam, was really worried about Tim's lack of social skills. Yeah. For obvious reasons. Um, Pam throughout this whole time was actively looking for a husband, but not much seemed to pan out. Probably because you're nuts. Yeah. Uh, She's a great catch. Yeah. Three years after John's death, her sister set her up with a man named John Burke. Um, there was really no immediate sparks, but a slow courtship began. He was Catholic, though,
1: mm.
2: so I'm surprised. How's like, that going to work? Yeah, so it's, like it can't because he's right. like, no, I'm not coming to your crazy church. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go to my own crazy church. I'm not right. coming to your fucking crazy church. Right. Um. So Pam would have mood swings, like depending on how much attention this guy paid to her. Oh boy. Yeah. Typical chick. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicks are nuts. Eventually, Pam broke it off because he's fucking Catholic. Yeah. And I don't think he liked her very much, <laughs> right. to be honest <laughs> with you. So, um the summer before Tim's junior and senior year. Now, until that summer, Tim and Pam rarely argued because Tim just didn't talk back. Yeah. You know, I wish my kids didn't. Right. Um. But Pam was worse with Tim than she had ever been. Yeah. Um, she'd yell to speak up, clear your throat. Do you like girls? Do you want a family? Um, Pam would just yell louder when Tim would finally speak up and tell her to fucking stop. Mm. Uh Tim's journal entries on his 21st birthday and the two days after told of Pam's worst behavior yet, according to Tim.
1: Yeah.
2: She started to repeatedly tell him quote this is not how a man should sound damn so let's keep in mind real quick while we get into here this is his voice yeah that's it right okay so she started making him read out loud um out of one of brother frank's books because he did write a couple constantly yelling and making him repeat paragraphs in a deeper voice she repeatedly asked do you think your voice sounds like other boys your age Um, they both assumed that his voice would just be better by now, and it it wasn't, is what it is. Right. Um, Pam would hang up charts all over the house of voice exercises and force him to do them. She would say, quote, you say you like girls, but girls like deeper voices. Bitch, fuck you. Girls don't care. Just saying. Right. Um, Pam threatened to go to brother Frank. About what? Right. What what are you going to do?
1: Certified letter.
2: (sighs) He's going to get a certified letter. So on this particular day, like, they were out running errands, and she was just fucking relentless. Yeah. So they got home. They were sitting on the couch, and she was bitching at him about his voice and threatening to go to Brother Frank, and Tim's anxiety turned to anger. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before he could think about what he was doing, he backhanded her. Mm um well i mean she kind of needed it he then snapped
1: yeah
2: uh hitting and grabbing at pam he got on top of her pushing her off the couch she attempted to crawl away so tim reached up and grabbed a heavy clock off of an end table and started to pummel her in the head wow she started yelling jesus jesus save me during the struggle they somehow made it into the kitchen where Tim started yanking open drawers and grabbing knives. Ooh. Uh, Tim stabbed, stabbed Pam over and over
1: yeah. to
2: the point that he lost count. Wow. Um, she was stabbed in the head, back, and neck. And the autopsy would later show that there was 31 stab wounds and multiple lacerations, including lacerations to the neck where it looked like he attempted to decapitate her, but he was not strong enough. Wow. Um, she said to Tim... Quote, Tim, I'm paralyzed, call 911. He responded by grabbing another knife and stabbing her again. She said for the last time, quote, I'm dead, I'm dead. Tim looked away because he couldn't bear to see what he did. And the last sound that she made was a low moan. He covered her face with a pillow while he stood there shaking covered in blood. He finally washed up and changed clothes. He turned off all the lights in the house and went to his room by flashlight. He sat in his dark room for over an hour, trying to work himself up to actually um, kill himself. Mm -hmm. He attempted with one knife, but when he found that it wasn't sharp enough, he went to the kitchen to grab another one, stepping over his mother's body in the process. Um, He went back into his room and finally followed Pam's instructions and called 911. Mm -hmm. Uh, The cops asked if anyone else was in the house, and Tim said, quote, just my mother, I killed her. Ooh. Two cops uh, walked him over to the ambulance where the paramedics were like, fuck, we know this kid.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> they recognized him as fallen firefighter John Ginochetti's 21-year-old son, Timothy. Uh, Tim's lost boy demeanor definitely did not match the brutality of the crime. Right. Um, like I said, there were so many stab wounds, he lost count. Ooh. He started confessing Immediately,
1: Yeah.
2: Started in the ambulance, continued at the hospital and the police station. Um, everybody on the scene was trying to figure out how the devastation of his father's death turned into his mother's murder. Yeah. Um, he talked about how his home life was much different in private than what people saw. Pam's entire life revolved around the church and would tell Tim he wasn't growing into the man his father was. Yeah. Break my heart. The both of them needed actual fucking help yeah. after John died, and Pam refused and fucked both of them, if you want my honest opinion. Well, I um, agree. So he we went to the hospital, and they stitched him up, and the police brought him back to the Manulus police department. In an interrogation room with two cops as witnesses, Tim came out as gay for the very first time. Wow. At 4 a.m., Tim gave an official full confession. Uh, Paul and Esther Rufo were woken up by two police officers and the police chaplain, Jim Coral. Jim Coral was also a volunteer fireman and was on the scene of Pam's murder. Um, he had actually befriended, befriended Esther and Paul because he came to notify them of John's death.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Esther couldn't grasp the news. She was too distraught to have a full conversation, and all she could say was, quote, I've lost my daughter and grandson in one night.
0: Mm.
2: Now, Esther, Esther's a bad bitch.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, in one article, she was described as the fifth golden girl. Oh, really? Yeah, so she's pretty badass. Mm. Um, at daybreak, the two officers and the chaplain then went to Pam's uh, siblings' homes to notify them. Soon, Esther's house was filled with tearful and confused people, the first one of those being Brother Frank. He accompanied the family to Tim's first court appearance, where Tim went before the judge and quietly told the judge that he was guilty and didn't need an attorney. Wow. Um, He was given a moment with his family where they hugged and kissed him and showed support. Mm -hmm. Pam's funeral was held four days later, and Brother Frank performed the service in an unusually personal tone. He spoke of being her mentor and spiritual advisor for her entire life. They needed to have compassion for Tim, and they were not there to judge or condemn him. The main theme of his sermon was pushing the celebration of suffering because it was a sign of her faith. What? Quote, her death was not in vain. I am convinced her suffering was for a spiritual purpose, and someday we will know the truth. He said Pam gave her blood for Tim's restoration and eternal salvation. Eternal salvation, sorry um he talked about the hour of satan and the power of darkness and that satan was going to come after the church with his full fury so brother frank counseled the church members to not speak to the media as to not incriminate tim i.e don't give away our secrets right um esther resolved that she was not going to lose the oldest of her seven grandchildren um tim was put on suicide watch so esther couldn't visit right away but when she um when she got the chance, <clears throat> excuse me, she obviously went and made sure that he knew that she was there. Yeah. She wanted to That's get good. the actual truth out, uh, but to get there, she'd have to unlock passage into the world of the church, um, but she obviously wanted to help her disturbed grandson. Yeah. Obviously disturbed grandson. He told her during one visit that he, quote, has a lot of emotional problems, Nani, because he called her Nani. Mm-hmm. She assumed that he was talking about his homosexuality, which everyone assumed, but no one said anything. Right. Uh, she assured him that they forgave him. Um, Tim being gay was on everybody's mind when they questioned what happened and why. But what does that why? have to do What with the with fuck anything? does it have to do with anything? Yeah. Ugh. God. Uh, the Rufos and the Gino Chettis adopted a don't ask, don't tell policy in the early weeks. When Brother Frank would visit, he'd ask why Tim wasn't more open and counseling after John's death. What? Dude. What? Yeah. What? But in the same breath, uh, he pretty much forbid Tim from publicly coming out. Can't be gay. You can be a murderer. Right. Can't be a gay murderer.
1: Yeah. Whatever. It's terrible.
2: Saying, you know that's a sin, and that's not how people were meant to be. Are you ready for this? Do you want to know what else he actually fucking said? I did not realize that people actually said this. What? It was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve.
1: Oh, my God. Shut up. People
2: say that? Like, for real? Dude. What? What?
1: Yeah. Shut up.
2: Uh, uh, Like, I don't... mm. Uh, He would bring Tim anti-gay pamphlets. In, in jail he has bigger problems yeah <laughs> like much bigger problems yeah. um brother frank urged Tim to repent and said that true repentance required him to renounce his sexual orientation and silently accept any penalty to come with the murder case without giving any quote messy explanations of what was happening at home in the church So they don't give a fuck about Tim. No.
1: They don't want what's
2: happening at the church to come out. Right. Um, So this was obviously the hostile reaction that Tim was fearing the whole time. Um, And Brother Frank's visits reawakened his thoughts of suicide. Mm -hmm. So Esther and Tim's attorney tried to kind of repair its damage by having Reverend Danny Hayes come to visit every time after Brother Frank yeah uh he was a Catholic priest and the sheriff's uh department chaplain. Yeah. He spent hours upon hours with Tim, so hopefully he helped. Obviously, yeah. none of that was talked about you know right um he was struck by how out of place Tim seemed and did his best to bring Tim peace uh at the suggestion of brother frank's son in law Tim's family retained one of sarah cruz's most of uh one of sarah cruz's most respected defense attorney. Emil Rassi. Uh, Rassi built a defense team for Tim using Tim's trust fund from his father's death. Ooh. Between speaking with Tim and reading his journals, the defense team got the unedited, extended version of Tim's life.
1: Yeah,
2: Rassi said there were two ways to go about Tim's defense. Uh, there was insanity. But for that, you needed to prove the mental Um, mental illnesses were acute enough to absolve Tim of all responsibility criminally. Right. Um, Reduced charge based on extreme emotional disturbance. Tim was obviously not in the same category as a cold callous killer and doesn't necessarily deserve as harsh of a sentence. Right. This theory is based on there being a reasonable explanation for, quote, exploding in violence. Uh, this could reduce the murder charge to manslaughter. This kind of violence can happen suddenly, and it's usually because um, issues fester until the person just literally snaps, snaps and explodes. Uh, this requires an understanding of the root of the problem that caused the explosion and murder. Uh, the attorneys needed Esther to tell them the unvarnished truth about her daughter and the church, no mm-hmm. matter the pressure. Yeah, um, She knew she had to. Right. She knew she had to, and she hoped that either the secrets wouldn't come out or the church would understand the line she was trying to walk. You know, yeah. um, Four days after his arrest, the defense team had Tim interviewed by a psychologist, and this was the first of more than a dozen lengthy interviews. Um, Esther said to deal with the church and Brother Frank, she had to turn off her brain and common sense. Pam was always devout, but she became more devout after becoming a widow at thir- at 39. That turn of events and what it did to Tim and Pam is what Esther knew she had to decode and get to the root of for Tim's attorneys. The only way she knew how to do this was to breach the secrecy of Brother Frank's teachings, which was, oh my God. Right. Like, you know, um, so Norman Leswing was the first psychologist hired by the defense team to interview Tim. Uh, Les Lesswing felt it could go either way, insanity or the lesson charge. Um, between the untreated mental illnesses, which he ended up diagnosing him with personality disorder, depression, anxiety, paranoia, OCD, and multiple phobias, and the experience, uh, excuse me, the lack of experience on dealing with anger and the lack of an escape route, the pressure built up over time, causing him to reach his absolute breaking point. So now, at this point, uh, the prosecution actually uh, hired, I guess, a forensic psychologist, Dr. James Knoll. Uh, he was young but highly credentialed. He pored over Tim's journals and police interviews and found evidence that Tim possibly knew what he was doing. Um, he, Tim had also admitted along the line that he at, had thought of killing Pam before.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that throws insanity out the window. Yeah. Can't do it. Um, <clears throat> Dr. Knoll didn't think that he could elude criminal responsibility entirely, so no insanity. Yeah. Um, he was sure that he could get a lesser sentence due to extreme emotional disturbance. Um, he took a deep dive into literature about matricide and f- found actually a well documented precedent for meek, dutiful, closeted young homosexual men whose dependence on their domineering mothers turned into sudden extreme violence. Mm. So this happens a lot. Yeah. You just don't hear about it. Um, These determined facts could justify dropping the murder charge to manslaughter easily. Um, Tim acted out of primal fear after the loss of paternal love and comfort. Um, He was the victim of systemic emotional abuse, even torture Uh, from being relentlessly pressured to fix the unfixable. Mm. He can't fix his fucking voice. Right. Um, And his journals built his case for him. Yeah. Literally built his case for him. Um, The truly toxic element really wasn't Pam herself, but her reaction to the church that Mm. she served. Um, It was uh, a paradox, which I learned what a paradox was from um, The Departed um the brutal murder and the wide-eyed boyish attitude esther and paul communicated daily with tim's attorneys either in person or by phone uh paul let esther do the talking and take the lead excuse me but stayed with her throughout um the whole thing for the love of his grandson some things were just too much for esther uh she didn't want to hear specific details of pam's murder She was told initially by one of the firemen that Pam likely passed out from a blow to the head before the stabbing, which Esther knew probably was bullshit, but she really appreciated the effort.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Tim's sexuality was the next tricky subject, which it shouldn't be. Uh, Esther and Paul were so awkward in general that it took months to acknowledge it and even longer to talk about it.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, it was a long journey towards tolerance, but Esther was trying, um... She was as open as she could be about the church, Ow. and the information um, was absolutely alarming to the attorneys. They were pretty much like, what, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> she, like I said, she hoped the secrets wouldn't come out, but, I mean, mm. they're probably going to. Yeah. Um, she felt that telling the attorneys how Tim responded to the church was not the same as implicating the church in the crime. Uh, Knoll's report all but forced the prosecution to reduce the charges to manslaughter after the two expert opinions, his journals and his clean record, uh, pretty much dictated a lesser sentence than murder. The prosecutors were realists and they knew that a jury would immediately go for manslaughter. So they started to consider a deal, uh, district attorney, Bill Fitzpatrick knew he knew they'd have to make a deal. Um, As long as the family was okay with it, they would reduce the charge to manslaughter based on extreme emotional distress. Uh, Second-degree murder would warrant 15 years to life, while manslaughter would warrant 5 to 25 years. So prosecutor Ken Rosso and defense attorney Emil Rossi quickly agreed upon 15 years because really it was the mathematical middle of them. Uh, thinking 15 years was long enough for someone so ill-equipped for prison, uh, District Attorney Fitzpatrick signed off on the deal. Hang on, now I have to go to my notes.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so, it, he could have added five more years, but he didn't. Um, and this was hardly a slap on the wrist because this kid weighs 100 fucking pounds yeah. and sounds like a girl. He's going to be And struggling. he's in jail, I mean, right, yeah. exactly. Um. So they didn't want to tell the entire family because they were afraid that they would get pushed back and the deal wouldn't go through and the kid would end up going to fucking jail for murder. Yeah. So they didn't tell him Mm. his attorneys dealt with Esther and Paul and that's it. That was it. So when, when the sentence came down, it was the first time that the family was actually hearing about it. Um, Pam or excuse me, Esther drafted a letter to the DA um telling them please you know basically just this is what really happened like just have mercy on his soul basically while paul was over her shoulder telling her don't talk bad about the church yeah no. um she laid out all of the facts of Pam and Tim's relationship and um the lack of any counseling or therapy after John's death um <clears throat> she added that this was not him It wasn't in his character.
0: Right.
2: Um, He was so removed from everything he had done in his life, or it was so removed from everything that he had done in his life. Um, She said, quote, I just know that it's the result of emotional, psychiatric, psychological, social, and familial familial pressure that became too much to bear. Uh, Esther and Paul met with the DA, and done deal.
1: Mm. Good.
2: So... He ends up getting 15 years.
1: Um, Still a long time. It's still
2: a very long time. Yes. Um, Esther asked the judge to keep the messy details out of the news, which everybody respected, which was very nice because it was for her, you know.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, At the sentencing, though, the judge he basically was like, "Uh, "You guys fucking failed this kid. His mom failed him." You guys failed him. The church failed him. You're the reason he's here. Yeah. Pretty much. Good for him. So they, the family and the minister drafted a letter, not a certified letter. Oh. Um, Well, then
1: it doesn't count. I
2: know. After demanding at Easter dinner that Esther admit that he was a homosexual, uh, which she did, you know, they drafted a letter saying um that he wouldn't come out as homosexual publicly and he wouldn't release any details of the church or um you know his meetings with brother frank or or anything like that uh the kid's fucking terrified so he signs it
1: oh god yeah signs it (laughs) well it doesn't count it's not certified no
2: it's not certified exactly Exactly. Now they wanted Tim to stay in jail because it's easier to keep him in prison than reveal his secrets. Right.
0: Oh my god, he likes boys.
2: Mm-hmm. Who cares? Sinner. <laughs> um hang on. My contact is like dry. Yeah, you're Ugh. picking at your eyes. I can't help it. Oh, okay. Um, so then they started going after Esther. Oh God. Yeah. Um, and that's a big reason why Tim signed this letter that was brought to him because brother Frank was basically like, sign it or we're going to fucking shun your nanny. So he signed it. Yeah. And Esther was like, fuck you.
1: Yeah.
2: How about that? It got to the point where, um, Paul was so upset with Esther and her support of Tim and his homosexuality that he left her. He went to um, one of the kids' house, and he called her and said that he wasn't coming back until she got psychological help.
1: Dude, whatever. Yeah.
2: So she tried for a little while. Yeah. Tried. And then finally was like, hmm,
1: Fuck you. Fuck you. Good.
2: She filed for divorce. Good. So after 50 years of fucking marriage. Oh, my God. 50 years of marriage. <laughs> wow. She divorced her husband to support her grandson. Good for her. So, uh, Miss Esther moved into her own apartment. Mm -hmm. She uh, was a secretary at the YMCA. And she speaks, and I still have to look because I forgot to look, but she would speak to Tim Weekly and go see him once a month. And she would make the six-and-a-half-hour drive with one of the firemen who would drive her. Oh, that's awesome. One, a fireman would drive her every time she would go.
1: Good for her. And
2: she basically came out and said, he's, he's my blood, the church is not, and I'm going to support him. And her family shunned her. Wow. Her children, she lost her husband, she lost her children, she lost her grandchildren. What a shame. She lost everybody except her two siblings that left the church back in the 70s. Oh,
1: wow. So
2: she regularly started speaking to her um, brother and sister. Good. Um, um, She still blames the church. Yeah, saying, as she should. You know, that the way that they treated him and the way that Pam treated him because of the church is really what caused this yeah, to happen. Absolutely. Um, Tim takes full blame for it. Mm-hmm. He's like, I did it. I was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. I it is what it is, basically.
1: Dude, your whole life has been fucking hell. Over his voice. Yeah. How do you not snap? His voice. How the fuck do you not snap?
2: So, um, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm a terrible person, I didn't look. Uh, he was released in
1: 2019.
2: Oh, okay. So he, you know, he served his his time, and and he got out. And I, I don't get it. I guess. Like, I don't get it.
1: What, about the church?
2: All of it. Well,
1: churches so are the church, weird. Like, I, I just don't get how, like, these crazy churches get people to believe they're bullshit. And they do. And I mean... Like, full-on believe I, this shit. That's what I don't get.
2: Like, to the point of... You left your wife after 50 years of marriage because right. she was supporting her grandson? Your grandson? Yeah.
1: I, I I, don't get it.
2: And Brother Frank told you that you couldn't go back to her until well, she got psychiatric help? He can
1: go fuck himself. Yeah.
2: Pre- but I, be- I just don't mm. see
1: how these people don't
2: see that. I I don't... It's crazy. I, I don't either. I, <clears throat> I really don't. Um, You know, and he, he kind of admitted brother frank kind of not really admitted but came out and said you know maybe we did have something to do with it but yeah, he should you still did. he should still repent and not be gay and oh shut the fuck up which it it I shouldn't say it cracks me up but it, he snapped about his voice right not even about the fact that he was he was gay right he was afraid that she would find out you know because his voice was high which right obviously one does has nothing to do with the other but it, why is it a big deal
1: dude some people are just fucking crazy it
2: was such a big deal that this kid snapped and killed his mom
1: yeah that's what some people just believe this bullshit so that's what it is, is it's bullshit. bullshit
2: it's it's a hundred percent bullshit Brother Frank is not a fucking prophet. No. He's not the anointed one. No, he's a fucking asshole. Right, because you know what? Anti-gay pamphlets um, are shitty. Right. (laughs) And you can't be a shitty person and be the manifestation of God. Right. You just can't do it. Nobody gives a shit. You like boys, you like girls, who fucking cares? Right. It's none of my business right you be with and marry and spend time with whomever you want
1: whoever makes you happy doesn't matter what their biddies are who cares that's the point of life in my opinion. exactly just whatever makes you happy
2: i also have a very hard time and this is a little off the subject but i have a very hard time thinking that this is a choice i don't think that a teenager wakes up one day and says I'm gonna like girls. Right. I'm gonna like boys. We didn't. Right. You were naturally attracted to girls. I was naturally attracted to boys. And there are some girls who are naturally attracted to girls, and vice versa. Right. I don't think a teenager would wake up one day and choose this. Right. To be ostracized and teased, right. and you know For what the, I mean.
1: The rest of your fucking
2: right. life. So I don't like. I don't think it's a choice that you make. I think it's it. it it's who you are. It is what it is. Yeah.
1: Nobody gives a shit. I'm with you on that.
2: I, I just, I never understood. I, I don't want, I never understood why people care. I don't think we will. I really don't. Who who cares? I mean, that's what bothers me.
1: Some people do, and it's it's bullshit, like I said.
2: But I hope Tim is out there living his life. Yeah. With a boy.
1: Right. Hope he's happy. In
2: his tree fort. Yeah.
1: Fucking he right.
2: Yep. So that's the... Well, story of timothy gino that was pretty good yeah it was a lot more than i thought it was gonna be sad it's very sad like i want to just hug him yeah that's probably all he needed and no nobody cares what your voice sounds like right and nobody cares if it's adam and steve
1: right really nobody
2: does and the people that do are fucking assholes right i mean really yeah i just i never understood all that
1: (sighs) well that was good so that was good um,
2: it made you do a lot of, it thi- made me do a lot of thinking.
1: Yeah, it did. So. Um, well, thanks for yeah. that, babe. So, um, there you go. Our next episode will be a Patreon exclusive. Yes.
2: We and are doing Andrea Yates.
1: Yes. So. Which
2: you- actually, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, that's another very strongly religious-based case yes, also. it is. So.
1: It is. But if you want to listen to it, I'm sorry. You're going to have
2: to sign up. And then, so that's going to be episode... Fuck. 39, right?
1: No. Well, that'll be a Patreon episode. So I think like 8 or 9. Yeah. Okay. So this
2: is 39, right?
1: Uh, Yeah, I believe this is 39. So I
2: think episode 40, we're going to actually like film. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be live (laughs) because... God fucking forbid right. we go live on anything. But um, it's going to be recorded as soon as we figure out how the fuck to yeah, do it. we
1: got to figure it out first. But we got the camera. We do.
2: We're halfway there.
1: We're halfway there.
2: Which, by the way, I was shocked when we got the camera and it was the size of a fucking quarter. <laughs> it's a GoPro. <laughs> like, what the hell is this thing? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's a GoPro.
2: So, um, suggestions for the uh, filmed episode would be great. We Don't really- we
1: already have... Still, like
2: we do have,
1: yeah. Just take one of the fucking requests. I know,
2: I know, a lot of guy, a lot of you guys want to hear about a serial killer. So, which, by the way, I'm listening to a podcast on John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, knew obviously the gist, didn't know all of it. Holy fuck! Yeah, like what? Well, yeah. again the epitome of evil there is oh, just yeah. true evil in this fucking world yeah without a doubt I, oh my god oh but, i mean you you saw my faces in the car the other day yeah. when i was listening to it so but yeah maybe we'll do a serial killer okay yeah that's cool so we got we we got some plans we do so. we just
1: got to get it working so yeah which that's to gonna be it.
2: on you i oh sorry I do research. You fucking do everything. Yeah, I'll try to figure it out. So. Well, Which means somebody else is going to figure it out. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Guys, if you know how to hook up a GoPro, let us know. Right. <laughs> somebody call us, please, and help. I know. <laughs> help. <laughs>
1: Uh, All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, new Patreons. And we will be talking to you soon.
2: Bye. Bye.